Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday, of course, and it is April the 5th, 2019. And as always, it's a pleasure and privilege to join you at the end of the week to play that inevitable game of catch-up. Those of you who are familiar with me know that I'm a retired senior special agent with the former Immigration and Naturalization Service, the agency that was sliced and diced uh, under uh, the umbrella of DHS an agency so screwed up that I came to call the Department of Homeland Surrender. This was done by President George W. Bush. So when people talk about the left-right nonsense about immigration, let's be clear from the outset, both parties got us into this mess. Both parties, for different reasons, and some common reasons also, like campaign contributions, which are nothing more than legalized bribes, let's get rid of the nonsense, Um, have taken measures that fly in the face of common sense and decency and our laws and the Constitution and even the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission to which I provided testimony. Both sides of the aisle have dirty hands. There's no heroes to be found in the immigration debate. I will tell you that President Trump is the first president in decades, perhaps since Eisenhower or JFK, to understand the need for sovereign borders, a secure country, because every administration since then has been all about open borders, free trade, undermining wages, uh, and the beat goes on, and we are paying one hell of a price. In fact, if you do the math, I would argue that if you look at the remittances, the money flowing out of the United States, not just remittances, but by other means, money gets smuggled and so forth, All that money, if you take into account the multiplier effect and you look at all the money earned by illegal aliens and aliens who are granted visas but only because the system lacks integrity, that money by itself, again, adding to it the multiplier effect, more than accounts for the annual growth in the U.S. national debt. And that's before we talk about the impact that this has on education and health care and quality of life a laundry list of issues. You'd be hard-pressed to find a major issue that confronts America or Americans today that's not getting slammed by multiple failures of the immigration system that is no longer a law enforcement system, but has principally become a delivery system that delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And I can assure you, there is no compassion and exploitation. Those two words don't work together, Okay. It's also an unlimited supply of foreign tourists, foreign students, for the immigration lawyers out there in both parties, an unlimited supply of clientele for those immigration law firms, which is why they are so determined to pass one form or another of comprehensive immigration reform. It wouldn't be about getting aliens out of the shadows. There isn't a dollar in any of those bills that would hire more ICE agents to go after the aliens who refuse to emerge from those poetic shadows, but it would certainly move those who did come forward into the waiting rooms of the law firms that stand to make a ton of money 
And let's remember that virtually all of the proposed legislation for what they call comprehensive immigration reform, the DREAM Act, and all this other nonsense called for paying the legal fees of the illegal aliens. When Americans, and April 15th is rapidly approaching, when we do our taxes, nobody provides us with the money to pay our lawyers or accountants. We're on our own. Nobody provides lawful immigrants with free attorneys. But illegal aliens would have been given free lawyers, not because, as some people have suggested, we're pandering to the illegals. Politicians don't pander to the powerless, I promise you. They know which way the economic wind is blowing. It's about making certain that the lawyers get paid, and they're in on it together. You know, when you hire a lawyer, you would like to think that you are your lawyer's first priority. I assure you, you're not. The first priority that your lawyer has is getting paid. So you might think, well, I'm his second priority. Probably not. More than likely in civil litigation, the fact that the lawyer on the other side gets paid is your lawyer's second concern because he probably won't see you or she probably won't see you again. But these lawyers are always working together and they know if they help each other out, then they have something to look forward to. So if you're lucky when you hire a lawyer, you are priority number three, if you're lucky. That's just the fact of life. And by the way, there's another element to flooding America with lots of people. It drives up the prices of real estate and rentals and housing. And as those numbers go through the roof, guess what we're seeing all over the United States? Check it out. Look at San Francisco. We're having a growing problem right here in New York City, the Big Apple. Homelessness. Homelessness. And just recently, this past week, there were complaints about how there weren't enough super wealthy foreigners buying up those penthouse apartments in Manhattan. So the realtors were unhappy that they weren't making more money because what's been happening, and there was a documentary about it, is that as the wealthy from Russia and China and elsewhere park their money in penthouse apartments that used to go for $5 million, those apartments are going for 30 and $40 million. Well, guess what? Lots of people, Americans, who would have lived in those apartments, you have a couple, they're professionals, the, the, the husband is a doctor, the wife is an attorney, vice versa. They have the money to buy that $5 million penthouse. They don't have the money to buy the $40 million penthouse. So the Americans that get displaced move to the outer boroughs, jacking up the prices in the outer outer boroughs, moving more and more people out of the higher income areas of the outer boroughs, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and they move into the other neighborhoods. So you have a cascade of jacked up real estate prices. And of course, the people at the bottom of the food chain are screwed royally. They wind up homeless. So these are the impacts, more money going for English as a second language. So instead of getting American kids with learning disabilities, early interventions and other services that could make all the difference in the world, getting buckets because the money is going into English as a second language. Now, this has an interesting effect because as more kids enter the schools who can't speak, read or write English, they do lousy on the tests. So when you look at the rankings in the world, America, which used to be at the top of the heap, comes in, I don't know, 15, 18. I don't know what the numbers are. I'm just, you know, 
spewing a couple of numbers to make a point. As we plummet from being at the top and, and dropping every year, primarily we're dropping because you have more and more kids who can't understand the exams they're being given. They're coming to America at the age of 14 or 15. They've had very little formal education. They are ill-equipped to deal with junior high or high school. Their, greed, their, their reading levels, if they're not illiterate, even in their native language, is generally very poor. They pulled down the averages of all Americans because, again, this is an average. It's a composite. So the American kids might be doing well, but when you mix in God knows how many kids who are functionally illiterate, it pulls down our rankings, and then the Chamber of Commerce and all the other disloyal outfits out there jump up and say, look at that, Americans are idiots, we need to import foreign workers. We need to import foreign workers. Because that's always the punchline. Let's get rid of the Americans. Let's bring in the foreign workers. And I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. We've seen enough of this. Bob Goodlatte made his fortune before he came to Congress as an attorney who was very successful running an H-1B visa law firm in several states. According to newspaper accounts, I met with Bob Goodlatte. He was the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. His son, Bobby Goodlatte, got his start with Zuckerberg at Facebook where they love to hire foreign computer programmers. So please understand something, folks. This isn't a left-right issue. Both sides are screwing us royally, screwing us out of our jobs and our lives. Uh, I was on Fox and Friends first. Um, I think it was Tuesday morning when they get me up at 3 in the morning to go in. I don't know if it's very early or very late. But one of the members of Congress said, why is there no compassion? And my answer to that was, yes, Why is there no compassion for Americans, Americans who lose their jobs, Americans who lose their lives to the criminals, the gangs, the terrorists, uh, the narcotics? The government of the United States does not represent the average American. It represents the corporations. It represents the people with the big fat checkbooks. And I assure you that George Soros stands shoulder to shoulder with the Koch brothers where open borders are concerned. This is about globalism. It's about driving down wages, and uh, this does not have a happy ending if we don't get this country off of this deadly trajectory, because we're also undermining national security and public safety. But this is the issue that, if you're familiar with me and this program, these are the issues that I've been hammering ever since the attacks of 9-11, when the ashes from that conflagration at Ground Zero landed on my home. What is tragic, what is infuriating, what is worrying is how the mainstream media refuses to have an honest conversation about these issues. The language is twisted. It started with Jimmy Carter saying you can't use the word alien. Let's call everybody immigrants. So if you dare suggest we keep criminals and terrorists and unfair competitors for American jobs out of the country, you are labeled anti-immigrant, not pro-enforcement, but anti-immigrant. And if you want immigration anarchy, then you're pro-immigrants. I love going on Graham Ledger's program on One American News Network. I'm frequently invited on that network. I just did a segment for them last week. But there's one thing that I have to disagree with Graham. He always starts his program, if you're familiar with the show, the doors of the studio are locked and the PC police are not getting in. It's not the PC police. It's the thought police. 
the use of words to control thought goes back to George Orwell, Ministry of Truth, the Thought Police, and Newspeak. That's really what we are now witnessing. Get rid of the word alien. Use the word immigrant. Suddenly we have a whole different image conjured up in our minds. Look at the DREAM Act. It used the word alien. But we all think about the American dream and we wax poetic. Oh, yes, let's have them have at it. Let them have their American dream. You're an illegal alien in our country. You're a trespasser. And now you've got Democrats seeking to change the law to no longer make it illegal to enter the United States without inspection, to trespass. So I want to start out by reading something to you. And I've written about this in several of my articles for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. And after the program, please go to Front Page Mag, check out my latest articles, um, in fact, my most recent article is um, how border security uh, – well, actually, um, I, I have uh, – I, I, forgive me. I, was, I lost my place in my notes. Every once in a while, um, such is life. My latest article for Front Page Magazine is Overwhelmed Immigration System Endangers America. The subtitle, 9-11 Commission warned that border security is national security. I hope that that article is an eye-opener for those of you who don't yet understand what we're really dealing with, the dangers that we are now facing, dangers created by our own government, by our own alleged leaders. These aren't leaders, I have to tell you. I also wrote another article that you may want to read, similar issue, how border security failures make us sick, and it goes on, it's the hypocrisy of the immigration debate, it, it, it relates to the measles outbreaks and how all these concerns about parents who won't vaccinate their children, but no one talks about the aliens who come into the United States who were never vaccinated, which makes them inadmissible, by the way, or maybe suffering from dangerous communicable diseases. And think of how often the various companies involved with handling our food hire, quote unquote, the undocumented people who snuck into the country. Imagine the risks that it exposes us to when you eat food that's being handled by somebody who has a dangerous communicable disease. This isn't a game, and this isn't bigotry, and it's not xenophobia. It's common sense. You know, in New York, they have the letters on the, you know, the, the restaurants, A, B, so forth. My wife is so fastidious, she won't go near a restaurant that gets anything but an A. But what if that restaurant that got that A has people working in the kitchen who have dangerous diseases. I'm sure that the food people that come in to inspect the restaurant aren't going to be aware of all the people who are working there and checking inoculations and so forth. They should do it. I'm sure they don't do it. Or if they get there, the people that they see aren't the people that are there on the midnight shift because so many restaurants and places like New York are open 24-7. It's a real problem. It's a huge problem. And yet, these are the things that the globalists don't want to talk about. But trespassing is extremely dangerous. And now you have the Democrats with sanctuary cities. And I'm registered as a Democrat. I'm just calling them out. The Republicans aren't much better. They don't want to hire ICE agents. You know, they're happy with the situation because the people that make the contributions to their campaigns want cheap, exploitable labor. The last thing they want are ICE agents. They can find out if an employer is hiring people off the books. You know, when people say, well, the solution is make E-Verify mandatory, that's naive. 
Because all you have to do if you're an unscrupulous, crooked employer is don't put those employees who are here illegally on paper. I've seen it as an agent. In the beginning, when I started working for the INS, we used to raid the factories. And if you raided the factories, there were times there were two sets of time cards or one set of time cards. But you had, you know, 35 time cards and 400 employees on a factory floor. Guess what was going on? But unless you physically went there, you would think this guy just employed 35 people. You wouldn't know nothing about those 400 illegal aliens working there. So this is very, very important for you to all understand that immigration can be solved. The immigration crisis can be solved. Nothing is ever going to be 100%. I mean, people speed, people drive drunk. Nothing is 100%. The open borders folks will say, well, if you can't arrest them, well, we've got to give them legal status. No, if you can't arrest all the drunk drivers, then what? You arrest as many as you can. You publicize the efforts. You increase the penalties. And you deter people by creating what Pelosi called the climate of fear, one that applies to immigration. God forbid we should scare away people from violating our laws. But Chuck Schumer, boy, is a guy with real cojones, real bald. Schumer said trespassing is dangerous. He wants a federal law on trespass. Let me read what Schumer said. This was on his official Senate website, so he can't weasel out and say, oh, I never said that. April 13, 2014, on the Schumer official website, <clears throat> he, he talked about the dangers of trespassing and his, his part of what he said. Currently, NYC law has a maximum penalty for trespassing of under one year. In light of terrorism, federal law should make it loud and clear, particularly to trespassers from overseas, that wrongdoers should stay off bridges, WTC, the World Trade Center, the Statue of Liberty, or other critical. And Schumer said the NYPD has done great work pursuing cases, but available punishments are all too weak. So now here's another excerpt from his press release. You're going to love this. With terror threats at a high, it must be made loud and clear to any would-be trespassers, adrenaline junkies, or potential criminals that the federal government and the NYPD take trespassing on critical infrastructure and national monuments very seriously. A law that makes this a federal crime and raises the current maximum jail time from one to five years would help to deter this behavior and provide the NYPD with stronger tools to combat this disturbing trend. Schumer said that regardless of a trespasser's intention, this dangerous behavior puts the individual, tens of thousands of commuters, tourists, and first responders like the NYPD at serious risk. Schumer's legislation would state that anyone who willfully trespasses or enters upon any critical infrastructure used in interstate commerce will be committing a federal crime and fined or, and or imprisoned for up to five years. And you should know that the press release even noted a 16-year-old boy who had climbed the World Trade Center that was under construction to replace the towers that were leveled in the, on 9-11. And he himself referred to him as a 16-year-old boy. Now, I find this astonishing. Aliens who run the border at a minimum are trespassing on the United States. Listen to how clear Schumer is about trespassing on critical infrastructure or national landmarks. <clears throat> and he also made the point, <clears throat> pardon me, got a frog that won't go away today. 
And he even said in his press release, particularly pastors from overseas. Yes, indeed. You climbed that stature of liberty like that wackadoo woman. Um, I believe she was from an African country who said that when, when uh, Mrs. Obama said, when they go low, you go high. And I went as high as I could. And her supporters were giggling. This isn't a joke. This isn't a joke. But the same Chuck Schumer who would have put that 16-year-old boy who climbed the Trade Center illegally to take a photograph would give illegal aliens United States citizenship. The disconnect, the hypocrisy is beyond the beyond. It's outrageous beyond words. And it's got to stop. And it has got to stop. The purpose for a border wall that neither party wanted. Let's remember, neither party. In 2006 or 2007, Congress voted to put up a barrier. And I predicted, I was doing lots of TV back then. Those networks don't have anybody on with immigration experience anymore. MSNBC, CNN, they're off the edge of the earth. But back then they said, what do you think about the fence? They said, it'll never be built. It will never be built. I hate getting things like that right. What is wrong with putting up a barrier, not to block off Mexico from the United States, but to funnel all traffic through ports of entry where people and merchandise can be screened to make certain that the aliens in question aren't people with dangerous communicable diseases or suffering serious mental illness or criminals or spies or terrorists or human rights violators or war criminals, fugitives from justice, Aliens likely to become a public charge or aliens who, if they worked and didn't have permission to work, would be displacing American workers. That's what's in the law. Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182. Don't take my words for anything I say. Don't take anybody's words for anything they say. Check what they say. You know, Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. Check it out. Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182. has nothing to do with skin color. If those laws, our immigration laws, were about race, religion, or ethnicity, I couldn't have enforced those laws for 30 seconds, let alone for the 30 years that spanned my entire career. So let's get serious. Schumer properly identified the threats we face from people who trespass. Unless they trespass on America, then somehow... We're supposed to roll out the red carpet. This is insane. We admitted last year roughly 1.1 million lawful immigrants. They were given green cards. Many of them waited years to come here. They spent a lot of money on legal fees and filing fees. And it's not a cheap or easy proposition to come to America legally, but they did it. And we admitted more immigrants legally last year than the rest of the world combined. Still isn't enough for the globalists. Now, what's really remarkable is if you look at the threats that we're facing and you understand how dangerous this is. You know, I've written so many articles about the hearings that we've had about how Hezbollah, which is a terrorist organization. And for those of you who maybe need to have a reminder or maybe you're too young to remember this because you weren't around or weren't old enough. In 1983, the Marine barracks were were attacked by a, a truck bomb. And a couple of hundred Marines were killed. Many more were wounded. Hezbollah was behind that. Hezbollah is now operating throughout Latin America. Look at what's going on in Venezuela. Venezuela 
is being uh, the leadership that doesn't belong there is being supported by by cash by uh, Cuba rather and, and by um, undoubtedly the Iranians and the Russians they're all over Venezuela the president just said that Russia needs to get out of Venezuela we know that Hezbollah is all over Latin America likely in Venezuela and they they members of Hezbollah and there's a couple hundred thousand of these people who are well trained well equipped and so forth by Iran. Uh, Hezbollah is working with human traffickers and the drug trafficking organizations to flood America with narcotics, which weakens us. Think of how many people are dead or dying every year. 70,000 people last year died of opiate overdoses. How many more are in jail? How many more are incapable of taking care of their families or holding down a job because of their drug addictions? How many of the people who become addicted commit crimes to feed their habits? It's destroying our country from within. I would argue <clears throat> that narcotics constitutes chemical warfare against America. It is chemical warfare against America. Last year, basically, enough people to fill a football stadium died of opiate overdoses. If somebody blew up a football stadium, like in that old movie from, I guess, the 70s, Black Sunday, where some Middle Eastern terrorists uh, hijacked a Goodyear blimp, that normally we see over the stadiums to provide TV coverage, filled it with explosives, and, and the plot was to blow up a stadium. If that happened, God forbid, it would make headlines all over the world and people would be stunned. But last year, enough people to fill a football stadium died of opiate overdoses, but it barely makes a headline. You know, it's a number. You know, what did Stalin say? A, 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 one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. So people look at the number and they shrug their shoulders and they go, oh, well, how many more people were killed by gang violence? Drugs fuel the gangs. They provide them with a source of revenue, which enables them to buy the weapons and do all sorts of things. How many people were killed or injured because of people driving under the influence of narcotics? How many people were injured or killed by people who committed crimes, either because they were connected to the drug trade where they were addicted to drugs and needed the money and, and acted violently. The carnage is beyond belief. And the drugs, not all are coming across the Mexican border, but certainly a lot is. And you need to plug all of the holes. You know, if you had a boat with a bunch of holes in it, you plug all the holes because it only takes one hole for the boat to wind up at the bottom of the lake. The globalists would have you believe that the solution to a hole at the bottom of your boat is to quickly drill more holes to ostensibly let the water out. You might think that sounds silly, but when you listen to the arguments against ICE and against everything we're trying to do to protect America, it's no less ridiculous. Vilifying ICE agents. Uh, these men and women are doing dangerous, important work. The 9-11 Commission made it crystal clear that interior enforcement is vital the national security. They made it clear that a failure of interior enforcement as well as border security enabled the terrorists and not just the 9-11 hijackers to enter the United States and bed themselves and go about their deadly preparations. And you constantly hear this nonsense <clears throat> that ICE should not be deporting aliens who don't have criminal records. If they're quote-unquote only here illegally, what's the big deal? Well, let me tell you what the big deal is. There was a press release that was just released by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and the press release 
headline. This was two days ago, April the 3rd. ICE executes federal criminal search warrant in North Texas, and it states the following. More than 280 aliens administratively arrested on immigration violations while executing a criminal search warrant. As part of the ongoing criminal investigation, special agents with U.S. Uh, USC, I'm, I'm reading this sideways, with the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement Division of Homeland Security Investigations executed criminal search warrants at CVE Technology Group Incorporated, CVE and four of CVE's staffing companies. HSI Homeland Security Investigations arrested on administrative immigration violations more than 280 CVE company employees who were unlawfully working in the United States at the telecommunications equipment repair business. Well, these were technicians. And I'm going to imagine that they weren't making minimum wage, but more than minimum wage, although you don't know because if they were here illegally, they were being exploited and being paid substandard wages. Now, today, the Department of Labor released the job creation statistics for last month. And I remember listening to this this morning, and the hosts on the local CBS station here in New York were waiting with bated breath, what's the number going to be? What's the number going to be? You know, it was almost like the outcome of the World Series because if more jobs are created, it shows the economy's doing great. And they came out with a really good number. They got all excited. You don't need to create jobs. You can also liberate jobs. Those HSI, Homeland Security ICE agents, liberated 280 jobs. It's the same as creating 280 jobs. In one fell swoop, they came in, arrested the aliens, and liberated 280 jobs that Americans and lawful immigrants can now take. Why would you not want that to happen? How many people are desperate for a job? They're fearful of losing their homes to foreclosure or being evicted because they can't pay the rent. A job is a lifesaver, literally. Think about children who grow up in abject poverty and homelessness how this scars them emotionally and intellectually for the rest of their lives. We keep hearing about compassion. And I'm going to level with you. As an immigration agent, there were people that I arrested that I felt bad for. But they broke our laws. They violated our borders. They were taking jobs they shouldn't have had. Sometimes they committed identity theft to get Social Security cards and other ID which certainly did harm to the people whose identities had been stolen. This isn't a small issue. Victims of identity theft may lose pension checks may lose, or, or, or unemployment benefits and all sorts of things. Because if you're out on workman's compensation, disability, unemployment, um, and, and, and someone takes your ID and starts working, The agency is going to turn around and say, wait a minute, Charlie Smith says that he's disabled. Meanwhile, he's working on this job over here. So some of these people get prosecuted for committing fraud. And it's only then that finally people realize that someone stole their identity. This isn't a minor issue. It may mean that that job you wanted goes away because the employer says, my gosh, you have a lousy credit rating. Sure, he has a lousy credit rating. Someone stole his identity and did all kinds of crazy things using his or her name. Maybe they were looking to buy a house, and the bank says, wait a minute, your credit rating just fell. We're not giving you the mortgage. 
so their dream home goes up in smoke. Maybe they wanted a student loan for their child. Guess what? They can't get the loan. Kid doesn't get into school. This isn't minor, folks. Identity theft is the fastest growing white collar crime in America, primarily because of how many illegal aliens steal people's identities or organized rings steal the identities and then sell them like a commodity to the illegal aliens. These aren't victimless crimes. These people are victims. And on top of it, they're taking the jobs that Americans need. Do I feel bad for the alien? Of course I do. But I feel at least equally as bad for the American who can't get a job or who was fired so that an illegal alien was someone with a visa who shouldn't have gotten the job, but the visa system has no integrity, took the job from an American. Losing a job is is way up there on the list of trauma next to a divorce and the loss of a loved one. We get quite a bit of our identity from the work we do. If you ask somebody who, who you are, they might tell you that they're a man or a woman or, or, or what their religion is or whether they're married or single or whether they're a parent. And then at, at least at that point, they're going to tell you what they do for a living. They may actually start out even further up on that list with what they do for a living. You know, who are you? I'm a police officer. And then they're going to tell you all the other stuff, you know. We, we get a big part of our identity as well as our income from our employment. When Americans are unable to find gainful employment, it hurts them, it hurts their families, it hurts the economy. We all lose. But this is what we're now told is the way we demonstrate compassion. We screw over American workers and American families so that people who shouldn't be here can come here and work and send money home. And isn't that wonderful? No, it's not wonderful. That's not to say I don't feel bad for people who live in poverty around the world, but there's more than 7 billion inhabitants on this planet of ours, and probably more than half live below the poverty line. The solution isn't to have 3 billion people move to the United States. It's like being on a lifeboat, and the water is cold, and the sharks are out there, and, and, and there's people in the water, and you want to bring them onto your boat, but your boat is sitting very low in the water, and it's about to capsize, You don't say, hey, let's bring another 10 people onto the boat so we can all drown. America is a country of finite resources. Families take care of their children before they do anything else. You don't give money to charity if your own kids are going to bed hungry at night. And it's been estimated that one in four American children now live below the poverty line. Many American kids are food insecure. Think about what that's like. Why does compassion not apply to those Americans? Why does compassion not apply to the children who live in tough neighborhoods where the gangs and drug traffickers roam freely, threatening everyone's safety, making it impossible to go to school and study? This isn't about compassion, folks. If you think it's compassionate to have anarchy, get help. Get help. You know, this is altruism turned sideways. If we keep on admitting more people than the number of new jobs that we create, which is the situation right now, then this country is in deep trouble. Because if Americans are in trouble, America is in trouble. America is its people. It's not the mountains. It's not the buildings. It's not the interstate highway system. America is about its own people. And America is as diverse a country as they come. Uh, In New York City, being white puts you in the minority in point of fact. This isn't about racism. 
This is about making certain that American kids have opportunities. Because if America falters, it's not as though the New York Yankees lost the World Series so some other team will take over and we'll worry about it next year. If America falters, waiting in the wings are totalitarian governments, whether it's China, whether it's Russia. And believe me, Putin is trying to reconstitute the old Soviet Union. Once KGB, always KGB. Um, It's Iran. Think about what's going on with Sharia law and what Iran seems to want to do. Iran is the biggest state sponsor of terror. They are licking their chops at the prospect of doing mortal harm to us. That's the backdrop for where we are. And you have people in Congress saying, let's do away with ICE. Let's do away with the borders. We don't need the border patrol. Let's legalize everybody. How do you protect the country when you have no control over people coming into your country, including terrorists and enemy combatants, drug cartels? The carnage is incredible. And yet people keep saying, well, we have to be compassionate. I agree with compassion, but let's have compassion begin at home. Charity begins at home. Compassion should begin at home. When you're on an airplane, And you get that briefing that we all kind of snooze through if we travel frequently enough. But they always tell you if the oxygen mask comes down, put yours on before you help anybody else. Because if you are asphyxiated, if if you're losing consciousness, instead of being part of the solution, you become part of the problem. America needs the oxygen right now. When you look at the drugs, when you look at the flood of people coming across the southern border, and there's something else to think about. Children that are coming with adults aren't always coming with their parents. And that was part of the reason why Jeff Sessions, when he was the attorney general and the president, wanted them to be tested for DNA to make certain there was a familial relationship. I was part of the anti-smuggling unit in New York City. I was in every squad within the investigations branch here in New York. In addition to that, I was the first INS agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration as an INS agent. Which brings us to another point. I was also promoted to senior special agent assigned to the Drug Task Force. I had desks at the FBI, DEA, ATF. One of my key responsibilities was to use my authority as an immigration agent to cultivate informants and cooperating witnesses in the ethnic immigrant communities. So when you hear this nonsense, the lies, oh, we've got to protect the immigrants from ICE. No, you don't. Immigrants were granted lawful status by immigration authorities. They don't need protecting from ICE unless they're going out there and committing crimes which render them deportable. Illegal aliens aren't the same as immigrants. Let's go back to this Orwellian use of language started by Jimmy Carter. The difference between an immigrant and an illegal alien is comparable to the difference between a house guest and a burglar. And we need to make a clear distinction. Because I will tell you who suffers the worst when we don't make that distinction, and it's the lawful immigrants. They come legally. They've done everything they're supposed to do. They've waited in line. It may have taken them years. And now people look at them and they hear the word immigrant and they think, oh, another guy that ran the border. That's not the case. There's a big distinction. Everybody who walks out of a bank with money isn't a customer because bank robbers walk out of a bank with money. What are we to call that? An undocumented withdrawal for Pete's sake? You see, there's a distinction between a bank customer and a bank robber. 
there's a distinction between a lawful immigrant and an illegal alien. And anyone who's not willing to make that very important distinction between lawful immigrant and illegal alien is doing harm to the lawful immigrants, is doing harm to America's tradition as a welcoming nation that was built by immigrants. America was built by immigrants. My mother was an immigrant. My dad's parents were immigrants. They weren't trespassers. They came legally, not illegally. And we need to make those distinctions. And politicians who are unwilling to make those distinctions, politicians who are unwilling to follow the recommendations and findings of the 9-11 Commission, politicians who are willing and eager to see Americans lose their jobs to foreign workers are not our friends. They're not patriots. They're our adversaries because they're the ones who created the adversarial relationship by making it easy for Americans to lose their lives or lose their jobs to people who shouldn't even be here. What kind of representation is that? You know, during the uh, Revolutionary War, representation without, what was the taxation without representation is tyranny. Well, is this really representation that we're getting? I would argue it's anything but representation. You have people that are doing everything in their power to prevent the president from securing our borders against the uninspected entry of people who among them will be criminals and terrorists, and at a minimum, people who would displace American workers and drive down the wages of Americans who are fortunate enough to keep their jobs. How is that rational or reasonable? If you go back to the labor movement and Walter Ruther and, and Samuel Gompers, the formation of the AFL and the CIO and the labor movement, it was a war. It was a war. The private security agencies back then were basically goon squads that were hired by unscrupulous employers. So if the workers went on strike, these guys would go out there with baseball bats and crack people in the head. People died. People were crippled. Because they went on strike. The Democrats used to represent working Americans. I'm registered as a Democrat because I'm a labor guy. My dad was a tradesman, a construction worker. And I'll tell you what, I'll put hard hats over pencil neck geeks every day of the week. Um, The real talented people who built this country, frankly, are blue collar workers, whether they're the road crews or the construction workers like my dad or the mechanics the people that build things, that maintain things, that keep America moving. Yes, we need accountants and bankers, although I have to tell you, when bankers tell you that they have a product, I never knew that three-card Monty was a product, which seems to be pretty much what banks are all about. Look at what happened in 2008. They screwed up on 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 a galactic scale, and we, the people, bailed them out, and they're at it again. This is a con game being run against us. Therein lies the problem. And people say to me, well, how could you be a Democrat with the immigration issue? Well, there was a time when the Democrats were strongest on secure borders because they were trying to protect the lives and livelihoods of American workers. When the Democrats turned their back on their their traditional base, the workers, blue-collar union workers, school teachers, postal workers, when they turned their back on the American workers, That's when the wheels came off the wagon, because now nobody is looking out for the average American worker or his or her family. That's how we got into this mess. Cheap labor, 
campaign contributions, clients for immigration lawyers. Come one, come all, those bums are feeding at the trough and Americans are getting shafted. Americans are getting shafted. And you look at the the problem we have with diseases. There's a, a, um, a virus that starts out very much like a head cold or a head virus, and it ultimately morphs into something that's very similar, at least they believe, to polio. Children are becoming paralyzed. We don't know where it's coming from. I'm not going to tell you it's being brought here by people from other countries, but that possibility can't be ruled out. Let's remember that Ellis Island was a quarantine station. We didn't have catch and release at Ellis Island. You know why? Because Ellis Island was an island. It was built specifically for that purpose so that nobody could get to the mainland unless they were put on a ferry and brought here intentionally. Ellis Island, and I think I may have mentioned it last week, a little trivia for you, was built on the debris that was removed when the tunneling was done to create the New York City subway system. Some bright light looked at all that debris and said, what do we do with the rocks? And someone said, let's make an island out of it. And then they realized if they could put an island out there in the middle of the harbor, that would be the ideal place for a quarantine station for arriving immigrants. Ellis Island. So please understand that what I'm suggesting isn't radical. What's radical is that people don't think this is the way we should be doing business. Even after the 9-11 Commission warned that border security is national security. Everything that we should be doing to protect ourselves is not being done. And I, I find it remarkable that as we go to the airports, the equipment is ever more sophisticated. The examination we undergo is ever more intrusive. And I don't know any rational person who would even think about getting on board an airplane if they saw passengers on their plane sneak onto the plane by avoiding the TSA inspectors. You'd look at that and say, this is a dangerous situation. I'm not getting on the airplane. But today we are living among millions of people who snuck into the country, evading an inspections process conducted at ports of entry that's not unlike what TSA does. That's what I find disturbing. I find it disturbing that this is happening on a scale that we've never seen before, where even officials from the Obama administration are saying, hey, this is a problem. Jay Johnson, the former Secretary of Homeland Security, said, you know, I know how bad it was if we had a thousand people in custody every day. He said, I don't even know what 4,000 looks like, and that's where we are now, and it's going up on a daily basis. This is an organized invasion, and it's overwhelming the system, and it's not just the aliens who are showing up. Some claiming that they're with children who aren't their kids, putting those children in great danger. But as the Border Patrol is forced to cope with all those people, how many aliens are sneaking into the United States who aren't claiming political asylum and making their way throughout the country? Think about that. One of the tactics that alien smugglers use is to send in a load of aliens that they expect are going to be arrested. I kid you not. They want that load of aliens to be arrested. Now, you may be wondering, why in the world would the, would the smuggler purposely send in a load of illegal aliens hoping that they get arrested? I'll tell you why. Because they know that if they could send in two or three loads of aliens that get caught, while the Border Patrol agents are busy 
arresting those aliens, transporting them, and writing them up, processing them, they can bring through additional loads that don't get caught. So while the patrol is busy with those first couple of groups, the next group, perhaps the biggest criminals, the biggest loads of dope, the guys that pay extra money, are virtually guaranteed easy access because the Border Patrol are now tied up dealing with the first few loads that the smuggler, they wouldn't tell that to the aliens, of course, but the smuggler knew damn well that those people are probably going to get caught. So they kept the Border Patrol agents busy with the first load, and the subsequent loads get through pretty easily. My big fear is that as the Border Patrol is overwhelmed and they're scrambling to try to deal with this onslaught, who's coming in across that border who's not getting caught? 19 hijackers on September 11, 2001, killed more people that day than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. But the death toll hasn't been completed yet. People are still dying from the toxins they were exposed to when the towers came down. There was a bill called the Zadruga Bill. Zadruga was a police officer believed to be the first to die of his exposure to toxins that resulted from the collapse of the World Trade Center. Billions of dollars have been poured into the Zadruga Bill. At least 10,000 additional victims have been identified as being made sick by those toxins, and they are dying, and they're not dying well. They're dying painfully. And we've had subsequent terror attacks. And yet, the beat goes on. The Boeing airplanes that came out of the sky, the 737 MAX jets, two crashes, all of those planes have now been grounded. I understand that Boeing is now taking responsibility that they screwed up. Um, it's, It's... the right thing to do. It's also disturbing that to save money and that they would cut corners and make safety optional. I did a little single engine flying as a kid. I never thought of safety as optional. You know, failure is not an option. Safety is not an option. But I want you to think about this. Time and again, we have seen aliens easily game the system to get political asylum, and they were terrorists, whether it was the Sarnayev brothers or others. We've seen aliens get naturalized, and even though there was supposed to be a thorough investigation, there wasn't. And we have a, a, a terror attack, the um, Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber, and others, and one of the two Tsarnaev brothers, in fact, had been naturalized. Well, these are cases of crashing and burning. So we know the system lacks the resources to do the in-depth interviews and investigations of people seeking lawful status, seeking political asylum. Well, Boeing and the world aviation community voluntarily, in the case of, well, it wasn't actually voluntarily, it was forced on them, but they grounded the airplanes. They said, well, those airplanes aren't safe. Until they're made safe, we're not going up. We know the immigration system continues to fail. And you have politicians saying, let's take a broken system and naturalize as many aliens as possible provide political asylum to as many aliens as possible, never mind that we know that this has been the key entry and embedding tactic of terrorists repeatedly, not just one or two or three, but again and again and again and again and again and again and yet again, and this is the pattern. 
And instead of rushing in and saying we need more agents, we need more adjudications officers, we need to stop the system until we have a system in place that will prevent terrorists from gaming the system so easily. Full speed ahead. Don't you dare stop that line. Keep that line moving and don't hire more people. Don't hire more people. What could possibly go wrong? Well, what could possibly go wrong is more terrorist attacks and more dead bodies. And more dead bodies. But unlike the aviation industry that recognized that there's a problem and they needed to address it before the airplane could fly again, no such action was taken where immigration is concerned. We know that terrorists and criminals are entering the United States. And what are we doing about it? Not a whole hell of a lot. This is an outrage beyond belief. This is something I never thought I would see happen in this country, the United States of America. I was an INS agent for 30 years, and it's something that I was very proud of. I'm still very proud of it. I'm not proud of our government. A government that sees dead bodies as speed bumps to their political goals and objectives and campaign bribes, because that's what we're talking about. These are campaign bribes. And there's nothing politically correct about it. It's Orwellian newspeak. It's the thought police, not the PC police. And that's why I do this program. Because I sit here thinking about my kids and my grandchildren and my neighbor's kids and all the children that I see every day that I'm out and about. And I think about all the sacrifices made by all the men and women in the armed forces going back generations. Watch those World War II movies, folks. And look at the real footage of those American airplanes making holes in the ground, ditching at sea. Those were young kids flying those planes, maybe even teenagers during the Second World War. They gave their lives for this country to defend freedom, to defend America and Americans. And you have politicians from both parties that could care less about freedom or the survival of America. You have people that think socialism is a great idea. Yeah, go look at how it's working out for Venezuela or how it worked out for Cuba. You have politicians recklessly calling ICE agents thugs like the idiot governor of New York State, Andrew Cuomo, Andy, the idiot. I thought his father, Mario Cuomo, was a decent governor, not so much his son. I think Andy's a damn fool. And Andy goes out there and says, oh, immigration agents are thugs. So we have an idiot for a governor who's endangering the lives of men and women who go on duty every day, putting their lives at risk to protect us. And this bozo masquerading as a governor has the chutzpah to call them thugs. Assaults on immigration agents are up. Cooperation from the public has to be hurting. This is not what responsible politicians do. People who took an oath to defend the Constitution who took an oath to show respect for our laws, to protect our nation, to protect our people. How are they living up to their oaths of office by the reckless and foolish words that spew from their mouths, by the creation of sanctuary cities that reward people for trespassing when you have Chuck Schumer running around on the one hand saying trespassing should put you in jail for five years. Unless you're an illegal alien trespassing on America, then we'll roll out the red carpet for you will turn the American flag into a doormat. And that's why I do this program. 
because there's so much that is so wrong, and the news media, for the most part, is unwilling to tell the truth to the American people. The founding fathers of the United States understood the significance of freedom of speech and an informed electorate. And the news media should honor that, should recognize their responsibilities to this democratic republic of ours and tell the truth. You know, when I used to interrogate a bad guy that we arrested, I always used to like to start out by saying, hey, listen, there's only one version of the truth, so why don't we start out by talking the truth, by speaking the truth? Imagine if we could get the so-called journalists to tell the truth. Happens far too frequent, infrequently, and that's why I created this program, because I'm doing everything that I can to share with you the experiences and the perspectives that I acquired 30 years as an agent and almost four decades of working with the politicians to try to fix what was broken. There are some politicians who do want to fix it. I think President Trump is trying to do the right thing, but he's overwhelmed. And he's not getting any support from either political party. Let's remember that. When the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate, there was no wall. And no one is willing to hire more ICE agents. If you think that those folks on either side of the aisle really want to fix this immigration system, you're delusional. They are happy with the status quo. And if they could, they would do more damage because they had the opportunity to fix the issues, to fix what's broken, to protect the American lives, to bring an end to the drug trafficking, or at least bring it down to manageable levels. Have you seen this happening from either party, from the leadership? No. There have been some stalwarts, some gutsy people who went out there and tried to do the right thing, and look how that landed them. Uh, My friend Lou Barletta, who was the first mayor to create the – at his local level to go after illegal immigration, illegal employment of aliens and housing for illegal aliens, got no support from the Bush administration, so he enacted those ordinances. And he became a member of Congress. And when he ran for the Senate, the Republicans did not provide him with campaign funding so that he could win the election. I'm convinced that the Republicans would rather have a Democrat senator than a Republican by the name of Lou Barletta. The leadership of both parties have done this to America. And we, the people, need to stand up to them. We, the people, need to have conversations with our neighbors. We need to attend the town hall meetings with the politicians. And we need to take videos of those town hall meetings to make certain that everybody understands exactly what is happening. What is not being done for us, but being done to us by people that we elected to represent us and defend the Constitution. That's the job that all Americans must do. And I ask that you take part in this, because I always like to make the point that democracy is not a spectator sport. Please go to my website, michaelcutler.net. Go to frontpagemag.com. Check out my articles. If you like them, please forward them to as many of your friends as possible. Get them involved. Um, You know, be part of my bucket brigade of truth. I thank you for spending this last hour with me. Hope you have a wonderful weekend coming up. Hopefully the weather will uh, be spring-like finally. And uh, we'll see you again next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. So long for now.